fucks up everything. Doug Armstrong dropped another bomb on St. Louis Blues fans with an eight-year, $52 million contract extension for Colton Pareko, who is now scheduled to play for the Blues throughout the rest of the decade. We've got a lot of takes. Hot, cold, judge for yourself. But once we're done with Pareko, we'll talk about the Atlantic Division and the hellstorm that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, September 2nd. How is it September already? Literally mm-hmm. hell. I don't I don't care for it, to Wait, be perfectly honest with you. Exactly. Or there's something else about September that I forget. Anyway, we're here. <laughs> it's a uh, cold, rainy day and... <laughs> Autumn, I got nothing. I got, it was a very nice day out. It was, and then I felt that, like, the very beginning of, like, the autumnal, like, I wouldn't call it a chill, but just, like, oh, it feels almost, like, breezy and cool right. out here when I when it was, like, sunset and I was mm. coming back home, and that felt good. I love those days. That's, Ooh. like, the, for me, like, 68 mm. is, like, perfect. I don't know, like, 68 and, like, a very gentle breeze. Yeah. I don't know. I know some people that's a little too cool for them to really love it but i love it that's fantastic autumn i think autumn fall whatever you want to call it uh we call it autumn because we're distinguished yeah yeah yeah. if you you can call it fall but we'll just look down on you for it (laughs) i i think that's my favorite my favorite time of Mm -hmm. year i know it's for a lot of people i used to think winter because winter down here really isn't that bad compared to a lot of other places but i do think think autumn because it's like fleeting you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's so nice and you know you're headed towards just a frozen wasteland uh, and and snow and slush and all that crap but autumn you don't have to you can put on like one layer you can peel off a layer you don't have to put on like boots or anything yet you don't sweat your ass off it's just like oh perfect yeah and it's not and it's not like spring where there's pollen everywhere so it's it's a better version of spring it's it's a more brown and uh, orange version of spring. Everything's dying, but it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I love autumn. Have you ever done a hayride, Ian? Oh, maybe a long time ago. Fall used to be like, the thing to do in fall was like apple picking. I mean, it still mm-hmm. is, but it feels weird because now is when you apple pick, or even a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's still like hot as balls, and they're like, sorry, this is when you pick in Illinois. <laughs> and you're like, shit. They've got the Eckert's Peaches at oh, the yeah. local Schnucks now. And I saw some woman yesterday at the sh- at the Peaches stand that was just, like, going to town. Like, <laughs> Was she eating the no, peaches? <laughs> she wasn't, but she was, like, it's hard to describe, but she was bagging them with a particular aggression that I did not care about. I love was like, peaches. <laughs> peach. <laughs> I was like, all right, lady, whatever. We went peach picking, I guess not last year, but in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where, like, you figure out that it's only, like, it's 79 cents a pound. And you're like, well, that's cheap as shit or whatever. But you so, collect 12 pounds real yeah, quick. Well, well, that's the thing. I collected way too many peaches yeah. where it was, like, I had, like, bags of them. And I remember being like, look how many I got. Yay. And then I went home and I was like, 
I'm never going to eat all these. <laughs> I don't even want to cut up and freeze all these. And I yeah. was like, uh, definitely some peaches that went to waste. Well, you know. Uh, Say lovey. Someone should write a, a song about the amount of peaches that people right. have and where, where they, they come, come from. from. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had that question. Who put them there? <laughs> I mean, I, I was there and I picked them, but I don't know where they come from yeah, before that. Precisely. And who could know? Um, speaking of peaches, I think we would all agree that Colton Perico is a peach of a human being, but maybe not a right-handed defenseman. <laughs> but let's dive right into it. Yesterday, the, I would, I would categorize it as shocking news right. that, um, Colton Perico had signed an eight-year, $52 million contract extension with a $6.5 million AAV. As far as I know, I'm certain no move, no no movement clause. But is there some sort of trade protection? I've probably like a I don't think no so. trade I think clause so. of some sort. But um, definitely a pretty big announcement, huge for the shape of the franchise. Colton now becomes the player uh, with the longest contract of anyone on the team by I think two years because he still has a full year left of his last deal. And then the six point five million kicks in, and he has that for uh, eight remaining years. He's locked in now at the same AAV as Krug and Falk, which is a pretty big deal, um, and a pretty big surprise. I don't want to get into our takes too much yet until we read this, but definitely came out of left field. But uh, Armstrong explained to Jeremy Rutherford, Colton is certainly a core player for us, and you have to give to get. He was willing to get a, give a little bit on the AAV, and we were willing to give a little bit on the number of years to make something that worked for both sides. Uh, but then describing the risk with Pareko's back, he said, we talked to our medical staff and we were comfortable to take his take this risk. Is this the same medical staff that did uh, <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko's shoulder surgery or Robbie Fabry's knee surgery, yeah. perhaps? <laughs> I, knew, I know how Colton takes care of himself. He didn't do it that well last year. <laughs> He'll do whatever he can to give himself the best opportunity, and that's really all you can ask for, and hope for good luck. We'll come back to that one. Uh, <laughs> Pareko on accepting $6.5 million, giving up potential 8 to $9 million in UFA. Uh, I mean, I mean, people were giving, what, over $8 like million, Darnell over $9 million, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe. So, possibly, he certainly could have gotten more. He sure, certainly sure. could have gotten more. Sure. I won't deny him that. It's easy to compare contracts like that, but honestly, this is where I wanted to be in St. Louis. I just thought it was a good deal for both sides. I've always enjoyed it here. That was the main focus. Uh, I'm potentially playing his whole career with the Blues. He says, that's special. That's really cool. They took a chance on me, so it's pretty cool to be with the team that took that chance. I'm looking forward to continuing in St. Louis. It's not often a player gets that opportunity. And then on his back, he said, it's doing really good. I'm skating daily now. It's nice to have a little time off, a little bit of treatment for it. Back ready to run. It's exciting. Last year was a little different for me personally. I'm happy that it's back to normal and ready to go. That's a little more confidence-inspiring than Doug Armstrong's quote, to be perfectly honest. Jay Fresh, the legendary chart maker, uh, had a few... um, I'll say less than complimentary tweets about uh, Pareko. He said, Colton Pareko extended 8 by 6.5 million by St. Louis as the second pair defenseman whose elite early career results has slipped pretty significantly in the past two seasons. Um, And they show his war is 50%. Uh, He, you know, is strong at 
strong at penalty kill and even strength offense. Um, okay at some other things, but not amazing. I'm, I'd be lying if I told you I knew exactly how to read all these charts, to be perfect, <laughs> perfectly honest with you. Um, I guess red is bad, actually. So yeah. he's strong at finishing and even strength defense, bad at the penalty kill and penalties. Um, as a point of contrast, he then tweeted, here's Pareko's card from 2018 with 100% projective war, uh, top pairing defenseman score, and good at pretty much everything, including the penalty kill. Much worse at finishing, though, so, you know. He's growing. And then he said, this contract protects, projects very poorly unless he can get his back get back into his 2015 to 2019 form. Locks him up until he's 37 years old. So, less than ideal. Um, Ian, we've both had thoughts. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give me yours first? <laughs> I looked at the contract too. He has a no trade clause for the first six years of the contract and then a modified no trades clause in the last two years. Um, but don't you get like a no movement clause at 35 or something? like? Oh, do you at like age 35? I think so. Oh, Some sort of old man NMC. <laughs> old man yells at cloud NMC. Uh, and then his base salary fluctuates and then in the last three years it's 4.8 is what he's owed so Mm -hmm. obviously something that can be moved if needed um yeah it was a surprising deal part of me is glad it's done just because then there's there's not the looming um you know do they need to sign Pareko are they going to should they trade him at the deadline if we're out of playoff contention or on the bubble what should you know what's going to happen with him next year it's already said and done he's here so I like getting that out of the way (laughs) that's that's a pretty bad positive to start with uh, 6.5 million is a good number. I was really afraid this team was going to go out and pay him like even the Blues were going to go out and pay him like 7.5, mm-hmm. 7.75. I don't think they're ever going to pay him over eight unless he like lit the world on fire uh, this year. But I was still a little worried it was going to be over seven, which was too much for me. So 6.5 was pretty good. Obviously, that came with the caveat that we're paying him 6.5, or he has a cap hit of 6.5 for the next eight years. Uh, not even starting this year <laughs> so yep and he's what he's 28 now he'll be 29 when that contract starts i mm. believe so it's going to take him until he's 37 like scary stuff How okay old was bow meister when he retired uh, like 37 38 i yeah, want to say right? i think he was I at least 36 that that part scares me the most 38 like I guess you're just telling yourself at the end of this contract, either their salary cap is so much higher, or you're so bad as a franchise, or he's already gone. Like you can't even be thinking about the yeah. 2029 30 season. So I'm get... gonna be drinking moon juice with President Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas, not writing Colton Pareko a paper check. Yeah, this is not this is not gonna be a Doug Armstrong problem. <laughs> this is the next GM's <laughs> problem, I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, even if he's here, even if Doug Armstrong's here for the next six years yeah. or whatever, I'm just like, I don't think he's here for the next nine seasons. Right. Um, Dude's already like 60. Yeah. You know what? I think that makes more sense now why he was like, we're just going to hope for the best. You know what? <laughs> That's someone else's problem. So I get why people would be okay with... He's only 56. Ooh, Army? Yeah. I mean, he could still be the GM. Drink more water, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility when you've got guys like Lou Lamorello who are, like, 
80 plus as a GM, but um, 6.5 million for eight years till he's 37. That's a long time. People complained about Petrangelo possibly being here until he was like 37 and 38 and being like, the drop off will be so steep, everyone. I guess the drop off with Pareko will be less because there's the peak in which he is starting <laughs> is shallower. Not good, as good now. Yeah. yeah. And like he's not making as much. So I get that's not as big a deal for folks. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I think this is okay for Pareko. Hopefully his back is better. We'll see. You know, if his back is better and he gets back into. 2019 2018 form then this contract's fine but again the form he was in was also when he was paired with jay bowmeister who's no longer around and i think we don't pay jay bowmeister enough respect for what a good partner he was with pareko or Mm -hmm. just a blue in general but like that's that's a really good guy to be paired with in your career and those two were like on fire as a defensive shutdown pair in the playoffs and so when people are like if you can just get back to that form i'm like i hope you know that form was while good a defensive defenseman it wasn't this offensive juggernaut we see him at age 28 people still going on tweets when people talk about his offense like well they just need to tell him to shoot more and i'm like he's 28 bro sure that's a, that's easier said than done like or that is actually easier mm-hmm. to do than most other things just shoot more sure but like he does i feel like he actually does i don't think his shots very accurate which is yeah. kind of the problem but either way my point is like when they say he just needs to shoot more i'm like what you have and we've said this before what you have with Bolt breako now is kind of what he is mm-hmm. at 28 Pol- you can't expect this guy to take off offensively he could get back to being a very good defensive his, defenseman but he's not gonna be he's not even gonna be petrangelo quite yeah, honestly his career high is 35 points he got it in his sophomore and junior season alex petrangelo had has had six seasons above 45 points mm-hmm. and a couple more above 40 it's not comparable and that's not necessarily fair. Like one of the things I'm going to be try really hard not to do is I'm going to try not to always compare Pareko to Petrangelo because it's just not fair. And there's true. True. a reason Pareko signed for 6.5. Mm-hmm. You know, if he was Alex Petrangelo, he wouldn't have even done that as a hometown discount. You yeah, know, yeah. like because Alex Petrangelo <laughs> didn't. So, but there is also the part of me that feels like, hey, we didn't want to pay Alex Petrangelo, let's say, 9.5. Let's even say $10 million mm. to keep him. And I know we can play the blame game all day. I know everybody seems to have turned to it's all Petrangelo's fault that he's gone. That seems to be the more popular take. Mm. Whatever. There's a number we could have gotten to to keep him here. Without a no-movement clause, which we offered some form of a no-movement clause, I'm sure we could have kept him. So... Let's just say $10 million a season. Mm. We're now paying $13 million a season for Krug and Pareko, who are not combined as valuable as Alex (laughs) Petrangelo is. And I'm glad you mentioned the um, Bowmeister years, because who's going to play with this guy? Mm -hmm. And if Krug's going to play with this guy, first of all, I don't know about that pairing, but leaving that aside for a moment, who's going to play with Justin Falk? You're spending 
quick maths, $19.5 million on your top three defensemen. Mm -hmm. That is fourth highest in the league, fifth highest in the league now that the... For this one year where the uh, Devils have Hamilton and Subban, it's technically fifth highest in the Mm. league. But when uh, Subban is gone next year, it'll be back to fourth, presumably. Um, The Avs have Kale McCarr. And the only reason they're above us is that they also still technically have Eric Johnson. The Sharks, not good. (laughs) The... um, Wild, Spurgeon, I guess Brodeen and, and Dumba are yeah. the three, which pretty good. That's probably the most comparable to this situation where you hope that they're just three really good complementary defensemen, even if none of them are a top mm-hmm. elite level guy. But then you're but on top of that, you're already at nineteen point five. Now you don't have a top four. <laughs> you need like, a fourth to have a top four. That fourth and piece you, is like glaringly missing. And I guess maybe you think it's Perunovic eventually, but it's not currently. Mm-hmm. And everything points to Chara doesn't want to come here. Yeah. And maybe you're going to try and get Scott Mayfield, but is he really a second line guy or is he like a, a Bortuzzo on crack? You know, <laughs> like. That's just Robert Bortuzzo. I don't. Almost independent of Colton Pareko, and I can talk about him more in a minute. I just don't know how you looked at what our defense did last year and thought, six more years of that, please. <laughs> Let's make sure we lock that down. Right. Which is why I was such a strong advocate for trading Pareko. Not because I thought he wasn't probably the best of the three guys that we have, but because you already made your bed with the other two guys. Mm-hmm. And now you can't trade those guys. And now this these three guys, I would be shocked if any of them are gone, let's say, within the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. So then where how, how do you make your defense look any better if it's not good next year? That is the difference. Like, you you are locked in. You have, like, a fourth piece you can move around. But, mm-hmm. like... The fourth piece, again, isn't going to be someone that's so big that it's, like, earth-shattering. Right. if it was, you wouldn't even be able to afford them anyways. Right. So it's got to be someone that's making... Well, it has to be someone that makes under 6.5, but it's got to be someone that's making, like... Three. Three. Tops. I know. I was like, you just don't... You, four, like, super tops. I was like, four is, like, literally the And line. then you need to have, like, entry level for your bottom pairing. But that, that's the thing, though. If, if this is your top three, it's just... They're not... They're not good enough. <laughs> They're not good enough to it's be a not... top three. They're all all right, but combined, that's the thing. I don't think Falk, the... Pareko, and Krug are like. That's not a cup winning defense right. to me. I wouldn't even like it. I it could be. Yeah. If they were all really good, and your offense was substantially better than it is. True. But they're not propping up an offense that's like phenomenal. You know, if you gave the Maple Leafs that top three, Maple Leafs, actually, they don't have the depth, but just (laughs) hypothetically speaking. Yeah. If you gave the Avs that top three, they could probably make it work, you know, Mm -hmm. but like we don't have the dynamic players. I think our offense is going to be better that year. We can talk about that more some other time. I think without any more moves, our team is significantly better than it was last year, Mm -hmm. but it's not like the difference between getting embarrassed in the first round and even sniffing a Stanley Cup better. 
Right. It's the difference between getting embarrassed in the first round and putting up a fight, but probably still losing in the first round, you know? Yeah, I think you're and, right. I think if you had a, a better offense, and then you need these guys to be offensively mm-hmm. minded too. Like, you get Tory Krug, and they're like, you know, you see people like, he's really bad on defense, or he can't do blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, man, that's okay. He's supposed to be putting points up, you know, on offense. And so it's like, even if you get all these guys playing the role they're supposed to play, mm-hmm. like it's just Tory Krug's a very, you know, he's the best Vince Dunn, really, right? Um, Scott Prunovich should also be in that category. And it's just like, I'm not a huge proponent of we need big, strong, tough man back there, but I do kind of feel like we need somebody that's a little bit more like defense first and, mm-hmm. is, and is good at defense first. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they could be in your Falk third. and Krug certainly are. Yeah, and they can be Scandello, Mikola, or whoever, but none of those guys should be playing that many minutes anyways. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, maybe if you get that fourth guy and they're like a real a real anchor in a good way, Yeah. Um, maybe that does change the makeup of this. But right now, it just kind of feels like not, none of those guys are a clear-cut number one. I see lots of people saying, like, Praker's number one. I'm like, he, he might be number one by default. Every team, every team's got a number one. Yeah. Everyone plays in that spot, but not the Arizona Coyotes have a number yeah. one defenseman. Jacob Chikrin, not that good. It's like you just—I don't know. It's weird. It's just kind of this rotating wheel now to me, where it's like, well, when Fox doing well, he's up there. When Preko's doing well, he's up there. Which I guess you could try and positively look at as like a team that can maneuver players around, and you know, that's hard to play against. Here's but... the thing. That's my best take. I don't want to give Craig Berube options, though. <laughs> Make this as paint-by-numbers a team as you possibly can for that, man. I mean, am I wrong? I'm not trying to be a dick, but am I wrong? Craig Berube needs the coloring book. He doesn't need the connected dots. <laughs> That's right. I, I just feel like... No, I agree. I agree. It's like, such Show a... him what this team yeah. is, and he can motivate this yeah. team. But give him, like, hey, Craig... We need you to your coaching prowess to figure out this defense. Like, oh boy. Yeah. And it just feels like such a weird... So here's the thing. The biggest headline positive for me mm. is that we don't have to spend all year talking about Colton Perry. That's what I'm status. saying. That's, the, that's a huge, that's huge. I love it. I mean, genuinely, <laughs> I realize, that makes seriously. me super happy. Because I was just happy that I'm like, part of me is happy is just here because I'm like... I will admit... I love Colton Perry. I'm glad that someone is like here. Yeah. And, like, obviously Krug and Falk are here. Shit. But those aren't, like, yeah, those aren't, like, Blues players. Or, like, they weren't drafted yeah. here. But, like, to have Pareko stay here and he was drafted, I will I say... I saw some tweet the other day that, like, if if Pareko plays out this contract, mm-hmm. obviously, and misses fewer than, like, 230 games, he'll be the longest tenured Blue. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is obviously a couple big contingencies in there. But, mm. like, not impossible. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is like, I don't have anything against Preco. I just wish I wish he was more of what everyone thinks he can be. Mm. My problem is I think my you and I both are kind of seeing like I don't think that's as possible as some people say. Yeah. And then and then again it's not really like I don't think he's like dogging it or he sucks. I just think that's who he is. And I hope that he can I hope he can put up like what? What's his goal most goals? Like ten? I think he said like ten once. Yeah, probably. I mean, if the guy can get, like, eight or nine this year, that'd be fabulous. I mean, if you can get Falk to be more of your two-way defenseman, you get Krug to be your offensive defenseman, and you get Pareko to be more of your defensive defenseman, 
10 goals back-to-back seasons, there you go. 2018 through 2020. See, it's possible. I just want I want them to all play their roles perfectly because I feel like right now we've had hits and misses with all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Falk first season, not very good. Falk last season, pretty good. Yeah. Krug first season, not very good. Preko last year, not very good. And like I get your team is not going to click all the time every season but mm-hmm. i just need them all to be healthy generally speaking mm-hmm. and i need them to be able to be 80 percent of what they can be 70 <laughs> percent at most times and then i think then i think we're all right it's just that we've never seen all of them working in tandem and maybe that's where it leaves me with like question marks i'm like kind of like you were saying we want more of this and it's like well maybe like we've seen people tweet, maybe maybe they all figure it out. Maybe they're fine this year. And like, I don't think it's a huge question mark. Like, I really don't think it's like this defense. Oh my god! But it is my biggest question mark of offense, defense, goaltending to me at least. Mm-hmm. Goaltending, I think, is probably fine. Defense, I'm questionable on. Offense, I guess I'm questionable on. But I've I've saw the work get put in. Yeah. To changing it, so I'm like, oh, okay, and I'm intrigued. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's the Preku contract. I was surprised yesterday. Then I was kind of annoyed with it. And then today I'm kind of like, well, I guess we'll just we'll ride the wave. We'll see how it goes. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it is it is one of those things where Preku definitely has to live up to it, right? Right. I don't like going into a nine-year contract situation with the questions already known. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, we were like, what's up with his back? Yeah. Can he be offensive? What up? What is his back? Is he a number one defenseman? I don't harbor any ill will towards any of those guys independently. I like them all. I think they're all good players, mm-hmm. and I think they can all be good here. It's just I'm not sure the mix is good. And it's the soup. It's this. I intentionally avoided saying it. And you brought it back <laughs> anyway. But I just, I it's a concern. And I there are a lot of people positive. And I love Colton Pareko. He's a great personality and seems like a really fun guy. Great, keep him around. I like having that franchise player. But n- now you just gotta see. You know, maybe they think the world of Perunovic and really factor him in heavily. Maybe Doug's had some conversations that we just don't know about. Um, Mitch Reinke, also a victim of this, now a Wilkes-Barre Scranton penguin. (laughs) So, you know, he'll be listening to the office theme on his long, slow drive to the (laughs) middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. But, um, yeah, I just I'm I'm glad for Colton. I'm glad that the situation is resolved, and I don't have to fight with people all year about whether they should trade him or sign him or what the price will be. I'm so thrilled about that. We've had too many fights in this community lately. We'll find something else to fight about. Don't I'm sure, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> no, we won't find anything to fight about. You ass. I was looking at all our UFAs coming up next year because he was one. He was the biggest one, and Sanford. Kyle Clifford, who's still here. Do you know he's still a blue? Um, Kyle Clifford is still, a blue. He's still here. <laughs> um, Mackenzie McEachern, Robert Bertuzzo. But the big fish that I feel like no one was going to worry about because he's just going to stay here is David Perron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the year after that, I just love looking forward as O'Reilly and Sunquist and Barbershop. But like, that's the one. That's that's the one on the horizon because Perron's going to be like here again for what? 
I just give him the same freaking contract. <laughs> be like, here, dude, you want to be here for four more years for four million dollars? Like, sure. But O'Reilly will be the will be the interesting one. That's gonna be the bell the bellwether uh, contract, I think. Mm-hmm. That was the last thing I want to say about Pareko. It does feel a little weird to be doing this two year window, two year window, two year window, and then bam, nine year contract. <laughs> like, okay. I'm serious. I think that two year window is both the Ryan O'Reilly contract mm-hmm. and it's Doug Armstrong's contract. Yeah. Probably. Because yeah. this is the last year unless he picks up the option, which I'm sure he does. So then he's here two more seasons and he's just like, yeah, man, to your window. Uh, bye. <laughs> <See> <laughs> wow, this team sucks. <laughs> Who did this? <laughs> I am the we, Boston Bruins general look, manager who, now. <laughs> who did this? Everyone just close your eyes. And <laughs> we're not going to be angry. <laughs> we're going to pick the guy and we'll punish him together. <laughs> we'll spank his booty. <laughs> oh boy um shall we go into the atlantic division this division is hot that's right is there any other blues news have we covered it all tarasenko's never oh tarasenko's been skating oh yeah are you okay you because you've 180 now right but i feel like i feel like i'm xbox 360 And then I don't work anymore. I red ringed. Yeah. Um, oh, kids will never know. Kids will never know the uh, agony of a red ring. You know, what happens to God. a PS5? Did you have one? Dies? I had one. I had one, yeah. Oh, God. What a nightmare. That sucks. Can you imagine? I mean, PS5, you can't buy one. Yeah, yeah. But, like, can you imagine in today's day and age, like, a massive product is just non functional? Yeah, right? What happened? I mean, I How? was a teenager. Did no one care? I mean, people cared, but nothing was done. I guess well, not, yeah. to be fair, the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons have a drift problem, mm-hmm. and Nintendo has said nothing about it, and they still have a drift problem. <laughs> yeah, but that's Nintendo, you know? That's that's to be expected. You just shut up and buy the plumber <laughs> games, and you'll like it. Nintendo who sells games, like, five years later, at the exact same oh, price. Yeah. There is mm-hmm. no there are no sales for Nintendo. No. Nintendo who artificially artificially inflates demand but then does not meet it with supply <laughs> we're gonna scarcity. make you really want this snes classic and you know what we're not gonna make any more units <laughs> they made a thousand for the whole planet and then the factory done who, stopped <laughs> who are we to expect that people will want our classic video games we've only been denying them from you for 25 years i know i Obviously, they're doing something right, but I'm like, Nintendo, how are you in operation? Like, you could be making more money, I feel I like. Genu- I genuinely feel like shithousery is like a, a brand ethic for them. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, if it, doesn't right quite, yeah, if it doesn't quite make sense, don't report it to anyone. That's supposed to be the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Matarasenko? Yeah. Okay. I was like, where do we go from? 360. Um... Boy, oh boy. I don't know, man. Like, Jeremy Rothberg came out and said that, like, he just does not think that the the relationship between Tarasenko and Armstrong or Tarasenko and, like, the franchise, the front office as a whole, is, like, repairable at all. And Jeremy Rothberg even said when he said that, he's like, I don't normally, like, speak in certainties. I don't like to do that, but I'm, like, pretty certain in this case. Which is, I think, pretty big for him. <laughs> but then there's lots of fans that are, like... Oh, they, they can bury the hatchet, blah, blah, blah. Tarasenko can come back, and, you know, if he shows what he's worth, you know, it'll be great for him. And it's like, first of all, 
The show is what he's worth thing is hilarious because where are you going to play this man? In the top mm-hmm. six? No. Because what are you going to do? Are you going to shove Saad on the third line? Are you going to shove fucking uh, Bushnevich on the third line so Tarasenko can shine and you can trade him then? Fuck no. You just sign these guys a large contracts and you're like, welcome to this team. And you're going to put them on the third line when they want top six minutes. I know we talked a lot about this with... Um, with uh, Krug possibly being like exposed during the expansion draft. But feelings exist with players. It's not mm-hmm. always just business if you bury them on the third line. You've seen people get pissed about how much, how many minutes they get played or whatever. You can't do that to people you just brought in. So, And I think Rutherford has even said that himself. Like, where are you going to play Tarasenko? So that's one problem. Second problem is people talk about it like he didn't request a trade. They're mm-hmm. like, I've seen lots of like, the media's blowing this out of proportion. Like, Tarasenko doesn't hate it here. I'm like, no one said Tarasenko hates it here. Yeah. They said he asked for a trade, <laughs> which he did. He yeah. wants to leave. Yeah. That's what that means. And they'll be like, well, he, you know, I don't think he hates the fans, you guys. And like, the people in the locker room understand. I'm like, maybe they will. And that's okay. But he didn't say, I want to leave because Braden Shen is a bully. Yeah. He said, I I want to leave. And they put like bullet points because they fucked As... up my shoulder. Yeah. Has anyone why. has anyone ever not liked their job that's tweeting these things? Yeah. You don't hate all of your coworkers. In fact, you probably like them a lot. And that's probably one of the reasons you've stayed as long as you have. Mm. You don't hate the city you work in necessarily. You don't hate necessarily the customers or whoever you interact with. You're pissed about something. Whatever it is, your responsibilities, the money you get paid, or you just don't like a particular boss or somebody, but it's not like you just irrationally hate every part of it, because if you did that, then you'd just friggin' quit or leave, you know? Mm. You wouldn't just patiently look for other jobs or look for a transfer to a different department or whatever. I see pictures of him smiling and people are like, does this look like a player that wants to leave? And I'm like, dude, Tarasenko's always fucking smiling. Like, yeah. if he's not on the ice getting pissed about a call or something, the guy is always happy, which is great. I'm glad he's still happy, but I'd be more shocked if he was grimacing. This is just who he is. And you know what? If he plays here, I'm sure he'll be fine. And I think Cam Jansen said on his podcast that he didn't think he'd be a distraction if he stayed here. And I'd say probably not. If it was a bigger market, if it was a Toronto or Montreal, this would be a big deal. And they talk about it nonstop. But like here, I bet you he played 10 games and he scored in like three of them. And be like, oh, okay. And that'd be mm-hmm. kind of it. And then you know what would happen? Everyone start warming up to him again. Like, you know what? That'd be all right. He can stay here the next two years. And bam, that's when he goes to Arizona. Yep. <laughs> um, I think I think he's gonna be here on opening night. I really do. It feel because it's gonna feel fucking weird. I because feel... they're gonna talk about it, but they're gonna talk about it in this real real schmaltzy way. Where like he's here, but you know what? He's ready to work. And Pangers would be like, and that's all we know about you know Vladdy. Vladdy loves to work and blah blah blah. And he's gonna go out there on a shift, and it's gonna be like this really weird. Just like fucking, it'd be like it'd be like if Petrangelo came back, but just for a couple games, and you're like, why? Are, you're just like, why are you here? What's happening? Aren't you supposed to like be somewhere else? Mm-hmm. It's like when uh, you know freshmen in college think they're real cool, and they come back to high school, and they're like, ah, oh, the old stomping grounds, and they're like, dude, don't you like 
didn't you fucking graduate? You yeah. don't have to be here. <laughs> and if I had to be, or if I didn't have to be here, I'd fucking walk out of the door. I don't know that I've ever been back in Park West House since that, yeah. since I graduated. Oh, I, I mean, I say this because I, I definitely did this. But uh, uh, so you're one of those uh, yeah, people, yeah. okay? But I remember in high school thinking that though, <laughs> when they came back and they're like, "Oh, how's it going, Daggett?" And but, I'd be like, "Dude, you're 19. I'm 18. <laughs> I know. No, this is not. You're not like this is not a fucking 18 year old walking into yeah. his elementary school and be like, "Hey, I'm an adult now." Which again, also weird. But yeah, Tarasenko being on the ice is just going to be like, okay. You ever. Okay. You, you ever see a teacher in public now and they like still recognize you somehow? That's happened to me once or twice. And I'm like, like, it's one thing if it was like a high school teacher, yeah. but like an elementary oh, school right. teacher. And you're like, how? There's one, but that's I because she child. lives in our neighborhood. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My cool. kindergarten teacher, she went to like the same, went to the same church as us and stuff. So I was like, oh, you actually got to see me like grow up or whatever. But yeah, if I saw a high school teacher and they said hi to me, I'd be like, do you remember everyone or did I leave like an impression on you of some kind? Because I feel like we've had how many, what is this? It's 2021. We've had like 12 (laughs) graduating classes between Mm -hmm. now and when we graduated. And I'm like, dude, there's no way. I'm like, okay, remember 12 years ago. Do you remember 11 or 10 or any of those fucking people? (laughs) Probably not. So it's fine. But yeah, it would be weird. I mean, I told you I had the, our calc teacher or my calc teacher's, husband worked at monsanto when i was there and i'd see him but i only knew he was our calc teacher's husband because i see him on facebook <laughs> and so i didn't want to be like hey i had your husband for calc yeah and he'd be like that's awesome but then he'd probably walk away and be like how does he know who the fuck i am <laughs> and i'd be like oh and you tell him because he was in the dobbs commercials yeah. And then he would be like, that doesn't clear anything <laughs> He goes, that's great, that's great, that's great. But what about me? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Is Tarasenko here? Okay I think night? he's gone for sure. I don't know why. I hope so. I don't, I mean, I don't want him gone, but I, it's, usually, it's time to Here's let him the go. thing. Usually I'd be right where you are and I'd be like, they're going to screw this up. And I don't know why. I just feel like, I just feel like it's a certainty. Like, how can you? Right. I feel like Jeff Skinner's going to be gone, too. Like, literally, how could... Or oh, not wow, not Jeff yeah. Skinner, sorry. Uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah. Like, literally, how could you possibly bring him back? Oh, but I think Jack Eichel will be there. Yeah, he oh, probably he's will he's so going to be there. Yeah. Wait, is he, can he even play? No, because they didn't let him... Oh, he hasn't gotten Jesus. the surgery. Dude, just be like... Just be... I know they're a business. I did get you, it, but just be like Did you listen to the 31 leave. Thoughts about the offer sheet? Yeah, did we do yeah. the offer sheet last week? Did we cover it? Yeah, we did. I guess we did. It was sad. Is that, is that going to be matched? No, it's not. It's not going to be matched. Right? I, I guess it's coming up to time, isn't it? We can right? find out. It's like a couple days. Yeah, um, but they talked briefly about the Sabres, and they were like, the two parties met, and they did not move an inch. And I was like, Jesus, Jeez, Buffalo. Oh, my God. Just let this dude have surgery, man. Oh, man. You're, like, fucking this whole dude's career. I don't, what I don't understand is, like, let him have the surgery and then still trade him. Mm-hmm. You've hurt his value now because he's now he's got to have the surgery when you trade him. Mm-hmm. 
Oy vey. That's what I mean. Yeah, just let him have it. He's leaving. Just say, sure, do whatever the fuck you what want. What a friggin' disaster. Um, the Minnesota... Not as much of a disaster, real quick, <laughs> yeah. as the Buffalo Sabres, their headline player on this graphic, oh, the no. incoming player is Robert Hag. Oh, yeah. Terrible. But go on. <laughs> I say the Minnesota Wild, on uh, different news, revealed the snippet. Oh, yeah. Of their Winter Classic jersey. And it it looks, looks boring. It looks like a wild jersey, that's yeah. for sure. Um, so they're going to reveal it on Saturday at the Minnesota State Fair, which is a big deal, Stephen. It's the second biggest state fair in the U.S. behind Texas, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't have a state fair last year, so it's a big deal. I'm wondering if they're going to do anything with the Blues jersey soon then i can't imagine they're gonna be like sorry blues jersey gotta wait until november it's like just i'm assuming maybe it'll be later in september um look the the wild just have really boring colors it's a it's a boring color combo uh they tried to spruce it up with cream um you can't i like the cream coloring on those old jerseys but when you're trying to spruce cream, it up with that cream is the great. is the go-to though but like look but it's an old jersey right this, but were they ever cream colored in the old days colors? or is it the yeah, color of the photos right right that's a good color. point i um, think they were probably just white in the old days <laughs> maybe they should just make all their jerseys sepia tone oh there you go <laughs> uh, so long as these look good with the blues jersey because i'm sure the blues one will just be a white version of the winter classic from a couple years ago yeah um so just make them look nice don't make them please don't do a weird nashville predator script oh uh, jesus they go script oh no you, you just guaranteed that they're going script Ooh, baby child why <laughs> Uh, speaking of things that are nasty, the Boston Bruins are the alphabetically first <laughs> team in the Atlantic Division. They brought in Linus Allmark, Nick Felino, Eric Halla, and Thomas Noshik, and lost David Krejci, Sean Corrali, Kevin Miller, and Yaroslav Halak. They finished 33-16-7 with 73 points to take third in the Eastern Division last season. And they lost in six games to the New York Islanders in the second round. The Boston Bruins. This is my hot take. The Boston Bruins missed the playoffs this year. They've been getting older. Yeah. And we keep saying it's got to be some year. And this is the year. <laughs> I just don't know, man. They don't have Rask. Yeah. They lost Krejci. Those are two huge, like, not even just on the ice, but, like, locker room type mm-hmm. of losses. Linus Olmark is, like, he was r- really good in Buffalo, but I just have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys that's, like, I don't want to say he's going to suck in Boston, but, like, he was weirdly better when he was just getting peppered yeah, with shots. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Yara Halak phenomenon. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Yara Halak was good there in Boston. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But that's because he'd matured a lot as a goalie, I feel like. Um, baby I don't know. It's probably it's probably overkill, but this division's loaded. Some team that is a really good team is going to miss the playoffs mm. probably. Maybe two. 
And I just don't know about, you know, the, the Nick, Nick Foligno and Eric Holla moves are like so Boston, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, what if we brought in two more older white people? <laughs> that all, that really, are like good two-way players. Oh, there's great two-way like players, in. Oh, the best two-way players. They mm-hmm. love to hit. Eric Holla is the least descript player in the NHL. I could not tell you anything about yeah. him. I just think decent player and that's like that's that's every everyone that's not on the perfection line in boston meets that description that's true what do you think about charlie coyle decent player hey what do you (laughs) think about nick felino decent player what do you think about eric holla you know what he's a decent player they are kind of like a one-line team, and I don't mean any Ian, of the other Ian, you got any thoughts bad. on Thomas Noshek? <laughs> no. I was going to say... Also, I'd say he's probably a decent player, though. I was going to say, also very, very bossed. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're... I mean, the, the perfection line's a great line. They're getting older. As long as you got Tommy Pasta hands over there, David Pasta hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, Tommy. <laughs> I don't care. That's his name now. <laughs> They, uh, th- that line's great, but like you said, everyone else is a decent player behind them. I don't remember who they are, even though the graphics is in front of me. Um, and you know, Chara, Krug's, Krug's missing. Their defense is all right. Who mm-hmm. they got over there anymore? Grizzlick, Carlo, all Grizzlick, them. Grizzlick, oh, McAvoy. McAvoy, who they're going to have to trade. Oh, they paid a lot of money to Derek Forbort. Oh, yeah. And a lot of money to Mike, the same amount of money to Mike Riley. One of those a very good contract. One of them very much not. They're they are becoming more of a nondescript team. They used to kind of have an identity, and now they're just like you said, good good team, good team, decent player. <laughs> and again, it helps that there are some bottom feeders in this in this division mm-hmm. um, to help balance it out. But some of those bottom feeders are actually getting a little bit better. Obviously, Sands the next team. Um, so I'd say Boston still makes the playoffs. The bottom feediest. <laughs> they make the playoffs, but I'm going to say they're like barely make it. They're a bubble team to me now. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. Woo, we remembered them. Hey. Third straight year, I want to say. I'd Third love, straight year. I'd love to forget. They brought in Will Butcher, Vinny Henestrosa, Craig Anderson, Robert Hag. You remember those years when the Blues were really bad and you had to think to yourself... Would Magnus Payarvi play for any other team in the NHL? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Reading Vinny Henestros's name had that vibe to me very much. This is like, there's no AAA in the NHL technically, but this is like what AAA would be. It's like, you know, hey, you're not quite an amateur, but mm, you might as well be. Yeah. Uh, Ristolainen gone, Reinhardt gone, Olmark gone, McCabe gone. God only knows if Eichel's going to stay. Uh, what do we, I mean? Do we need to say anything? They're no. terrible. We what's already the, talked about Eichel. What's the rhyme? What's the rhyme this year? Um, is it Prince? Is it right? Oh, right. Yeah, I confuse shame right and shame Prince. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure I don't it know. out. Two wrongs make a right. <laughs> I don't know. Enjoy, enjoy your plight for right. <laughs> no, that's not. It. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll uh, workshop it. Oh. Pain for Shane. How oh, there you go. Like <laughs> that also sounds like you're threatening him. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. it is. It well, is yeah. Right. I mean, he's going to get drafted by Buffalo. Ooh. It doesn't get a lot worse than that. If you're Shane Wright, 
and you it is Shane Ray, right? I think so. And you get the first overall pick and it's Buffalo. Do you try to pull like the Lindros like mm, not going? <laughs> I'm just I don't know. I don't I w- be tempted. I think I would. Have a, go for it. Who is uh wasn't it um what's his name? Who's the who's the who's the guy? The Giants um QB. Elon Manning. Didn't he like get drafted by yeah. San Diego and he just said Philip Rivers and the swap voices? The Detroit Red Wings also real bad. They brought in Nedelkovich, Nedelkovich, Nick Letty, Pius Suter, Pius Suter, whatever. Um, <laughs> Simon Edvinson lost Bernier, Glendinning, and Helm. They're getting younger. The Sh- uh, I almost said the Shanna plan. The Iser plan is in effect, but I don't think it's in effect yet. And I don't think they'll be relevant this no, year. They're still Maybe a little them. better, but not much. All right. Florida Panthers. This team is all right. They brought in Joe Thornton. I mean, that's a decision. Wouldn't it be friggin' hilarious if you finally <laughs> won the cup as a Florida Panther? Though I love it. That's the one. That's time the where one. I'd be like, yeah. Okay, you yeah. Get it. You, you know You're what, allowed. Joe? You lowered yourself. You suffered long enough. Uh, Sam Reinhardt's in. Sam Bennett is overpaid. Anthony Duclair is paid. Keith Yandel, Alex Winberg, Anton Strawman, and Chris Drieger all out. Spencer Knight probably figuring heavily into the plans now because they sure as hell can't start Bobrovsky all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Woof. This team's real good. They ran into uh, Tampa in the first round last year. I do think they're going to be a genuine threat this year. How do you feel about the Panthers? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, this is a team I was thinking would finish above Boston, um, possibly. Like, I think they, again, you're in a division where you can whoop up on Detroit and on Buffalo and stuff like that. And I feel like they... And uh, Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I think you can give Boston a run for their money. I think you can give... I think you have Toronto fits. I think you give Tampa. You know they look decent in Tampa. They took two games off of them. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean I'm excited for the team. I guess I like them more than I hate Joe Thornton, which is saying something because yeah, I'm like, we just discovered that yeah, together. I'm like, I think okay, it's true. I'm like all right, buddy. Um, yeah, I'd let, I'm really interested to see what Reinhardt and Bennett do there now. They're not hampered in Buffalo um, and underneath Joel Quenville. There, it'll be interesting. I think uh, who's there? Zito. I think he's done a good mm-hmm. job. He's done a great job. I like it. Reinhardt's a good ad. Bennett probably overpaid, but he did well for them. Has the high draft capital, so good work. Montreal Canadiens, the only team with a Blues player in their graphic (laughs) because they added Mike Hoffman in the 11th hour of free agency day, along with David Savard, Matthew Perrault, and Cedric Paquette. They had to sign three French Canadians to offset the one non-French Canadian they signed. Quick. Uh, Phil Deneau... Corey Perry, John Merrill, and Tomas Tatar are out the door. Obviously, this team went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost in five games to Tampa last year, but they finished with only 59 points and a distinctly losing record by (laughs) non-NHL standards. Um, They definitely don't make the playoffs. I don't think Carey Price can sustain Carey Price for a full season anymore. And Jake Allen isn't gonna. Mm-hmm. So, 
Jake Allen is like the uh, Jerry Gergich of uh, the <laughs> NHL. You shine a light on him, and he's just croaks. Um, <laughs> I it's it's interesting. Mike Hoffman, I gotta say, is gonna be one of those weird. Oh, he's gonna score like eighty three goals. Oh, he'll be year. really good. Yeah. But he's gonna be one of those weird um, like bar quiz things where like what player led scored, the blue yeah. led the Blues in power play goals in the two thousand. I'll be like, and they'll be like, Mike Hoffman was there one season. I'm like what? I can't even remember that. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. Philip Deneau was like. A revelation for them, like defensively, and he's mm-hmm. gone. I'm like, whoopsie daisy. Um, I mean, Kanyemi might be gone. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. I didn't realize that when. So if they matched it, then that's his qualifying offer, six point yeah. one million. I realized that, and but I didn't realize. For a year. I didn't realize the Canes though, if they sign him to six point one, can offer him less. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. They're like they 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 don't have to qualify and offer him off that or something. They can offer him less than that. So people are like, oh yeah, they could give him six point one this year, and then Carolina could then be like four. Next well, year. I mean, they can do a contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it gets to an RFA, they can lower it. Or I mean, like I guess they're like, well, then they can they can call, they can talk contract extension. But I guess the point is like they would right. Have they're ten- not bound to six point one. Yeah, yeah. But I guess. The Canadians wouldn't be either if they did long term. Yeah, but I guess like the Canadians are like, we're just going to do one year. Yeah, well then they're screwed and they should yeah. probably let him go. If they matched, can they only match on that? Like, can they say we do 6.1 and it has to be one year? Mm-hmm. Like we can't be like 6.1 for eight years. Or yeah, whatever. they had to match the contract he signed, yeah. I think. Which is, they didn't, he didn't sign a qualifying offer. He signed a one-year yeah, contract, yeah. so. Hilarious. Um, not petty, it's smart. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, smart move. I mean, it was petty, too. Yeah, let's yeah, not, yeah, it was both. Let's both not things. remove that from the equation, but. But, like, if you can get that guy signed for, like, four million or something mm-hmm. for a long term, and he, he's only, like, a third-line center, I mean, that's a good deal. And then yeah. he's got the ceiling of being, like, a potential first-line center, possibly, so it's like, why not? Yeah. I think it's smart. Yeah, so Montreal, or uh, Carolina smart, Montreal dumb. Yeah. Man, this division's haves and have-nots, huh? Yeah. Uh, the Ottawa Senator. Hey, oh. I'm sure we've made that yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Ottawa Senators, 51 points last year, did not make the playoffs. They had Nick Holden come in, Michael Delzato come in, Tyler Boucher come in. Uh, lost Evgeny Dadanoff. That's addition by subtraction right there. Derek Stepan and Ryan Zingle out. Um, fun team, improving team. Still nowhere close to the playoffs team. Yeah. Matt Murray is still their goalie. So. <laughs> I think they'll be fun again, but it is one of those things too where like they're building, mm-hmm. but I feel like they got to take the next step at some point. Yeah. Like they need to go out. They either need to just prove it in a season or they need to go out and get like a semi-big fish. Mm-hmm. Not an Artemi Panarin, but something like that. What if they trade Brady Kachuk and get Vladimir Tarasenko? That's what I'm talking about, though. That's exactly That's a big it. fish. That's, that's exactly a star. It. He's been on the cover of the video game. Yes. They don't have anybody that's been on the cover of a video game. Right. So Austin Matthews is about to be on it twice. That's right. In three years, which is, you know, bullshit. He's the chodester from the other side of the province. <laughs> Hey, God, can you imagine how much Senators fans must hate Austin Matthews? Oh, yeah. I hate him, and I'm not even up there. I can't... I don't want the hopes of America's hockey team to be pinned to that man. Can they be mustache. pinned to anyone yeah. else? 
pin the tail on the moron. Uh, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champions added Corey Perry, our old friend Brian Elliott, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Zach Bogosian comes home. Uh, Barclay Goudreau, Yenny Gord, Blake Coleman, Tyler Johnson all out the door. Huge losses, and they're still the number one cup contender <laughs> because they have Vasilevsky, they have Point and Stamkos and Kucherov, they have Hedman. God, they're so good. I feel like losing that whole line, though, is going to be... It's like, going to be tough. I don't new, think they win it again. It I neutered just can't. their depth for once. Yeah. But again, I also feel like they're that they're kind of like the Blackhawks of mm-hmm. your where they're that weird factory. Where, yeah. Who's that one guy? Something Joseph? Oh, yeah. Matthew like, Joseph yeah, right. and the guy who scored the winning goal. Yeah. They'll just be the new thing. Yeah, they'll line. just all of a sudden turn into yeah. those guys and be like, fuck, how did they yeah. do it again? <laughs> like, they, have, they just have the guys. It's always I really the guys. think you're right, though. I think they'll find a way. I don't know that they'll three-peat because yeah. whoever three-peats, but I think they're every bit as dangerous as they've always been. Agreed. Corey Perry filling the new shoes of, um, what's his Pat name? Maroon. Or, uh, no, Pat Maroon's still there. Marion Hossa. Oh, there you Chasing go. Chasing the cup yep. every year. We're in Dallas. We're in Montreal. <laughs> now we're in Tampa. We're going for it, baby. Yeah. They couldn't find a slot for Joe Thornton. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The creme de la poop. The, <laughs> uh, have gotten worse considerably, in my opinion. Peter Mrazek in the door, Nick Ritchie, David Kampf, uh, and Andre Kesa coming in. Frederick Anderson, Zach Hyman, the big loss. Joe Thornton also out. Bogosian also out. Um, this team's never... They're, nothing's changed and nothing will change and they're gonna stay bad i hate i hate this team so much ian <laughs> i hate that we have to go through the roller coaster sort of like with their entire fan base of them being sad than happy than sad and we're it's like you're watching them it's like watching a child hurtling on a bicycle towards a tree and you're like they're like we and you're like <laughs> here it comes that somehow they don't see it but i see it Get out of the way! Turn around, hit the brakes, and they're like, "Wee!" And then they just hit the fucking tree, and then they look at you and they're like, "Why? Why did this happen?" <laughs> and it's like because all you added was fucking Andre Kesha and fucking David Comp. I can't believe how positive they're looking at this. Like, they're not crazy over the moon about it, but I've just heard a lot of like, you know, this could work, and like this guy worked for the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, for for you know our GM, so I think it's going to work. That and they, team, they're going to put him in a position to succeed. They did bring in what's his name, Benning or whoever the oh Bunting. Bunting. But uh, who's that? They nobody. Talk, he's nobody. I know, and they're like, well, he'll play on the first line, and he, he'll look pretty good up there. And I'm like, this is a no-name person. I've never heard of this. But he got like before. 15 goals as an as a Coyote, where there was no one else to score goals. So did he? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember his name. It was like no, because he was the, a coyote. But it was like the Garland show. It was like the the Keller show. I know. Where yeah. was this dude? He was a coyote. No, he was not. <laughs> I believe he played in the NHL, but for like a weird thirty third team or something. Like I don't remember. I've heard his ten name goals before. and three assists in twenty one games. Maybe oh, maybe he was maybe he was not on the team when oh, we played our for seven, seven game games series. against him. That's right. That's probably it. When did his game start? Uh, yeah, he only played us once. No wonder we don't know who the hell he is. This dude had 13 points in 20 games. But he did games. score a goal in that one game. 
this dude, and and they're like, and he's on the. Fir- I think he's gonna be good on the first line. Yeah. Like, are you high? They will delude themselves into any belief. But that's the problem, right? Like, just embrace the suck, and then you'll be, <laughs> and you'll be fine when you suck. You won't like. That's the thing, right? Like, there is there is a little magic to pessimism. So when something bad happens, you just go, "Yep." And move through it. Uh-huh. But if you're like crashing down, and there's an optimism too, right? If you're like, you're just going to be optimistic about everything, even when things suck, you'd be like, yeah, that's all right. We'll bounce back. But if you actually ride the roller coaster, like that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. That's the effing worst. Because you're like, you're just so fucking high when this team wins 10 in a row. And then when they lose like two What's to the fu- Ottawa Senators, like, yeah. we're dying. What's funny to me is... They all at the end of last season too proclaimed, "We're not doing it again. We're not. They're not going to change anything, and we're mm. going to be pissed, and it doesn't matter, and we're not going to care until the playoffs, and that's all that matters." And now they're just like, "Woo! We're friggin' stoked again for the season." And it's like, dude, your division ain't any easier, and mm-hmm. you're not better. So what's your what's your plan here, Stan? Mm-hmm. Um. There's a weird 1% of me that's like, this team looks kind of iffy and just weirdly constructed. Mm-hmm. So this will be the year that they make yeah, it to like the third probably, round or whatever. Yeah, probably. Because um, that's how it works. If, it's, if they're anything like the Cardinals, that's how it works. That um, is the And Cardinal that's what I've way. always said. These teams are exactly like... Mm-hmm. Who hasn't said that? But Nobody. They'll make the playoffs and they'll lose to like... God, I'd love them to play Florida or somebody in Florida to beat them and be like, well, look, Mm. Joe Thornton's moving on. I guess it was your team that sucked. That would be satisfying just on a very deep, deep level. Mm -hmm. So Uh, who makes it in this league or in this division then, right? Toronto, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, I guess Boston. 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 So who does that leave out? Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, and Montreal. Yeah, that sounds right. Man, you're right. That really, it really is a cut and dry uh, division in terms of like these teams are good and these teams not so good. Yeah. Yep. And with that, we have another not so good team to watch: the U.S. Men's National Team. <laughs> Just kidding. We love them. Um, Go play, America. Playing El Salvador tonight. Uh, but anything else you wanted to talk about hockey wise before we get out of here? Hmm. No. All right. Well, folks, uh, until next time, Traverse City coming up. We booked our hotel today. I did, along with Garrett. You weren't involved because <laughs> you, you know, want to work and stuff and prepare for your wedding and other travels. But uh, I'm excited for that. We'll have the Prospect Pyramid after that, and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun. going to be great. going to be we're, great. We're only like, we're in the month that uh, preseason hockey starts. There's two preseason games this month. That's awesome. I'm excited. I am excited. I am. I want to see Buchnevich as a blue. Buchnevich mm-hmm. and Brandon Saad. He's singing the blues because it's Saad. And I'm done. Nailed. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches Peaches come!
shit.